1: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com
3: Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block on the TalkSport fan network. Two wins in two league games, not a single goal conceded. We're going up as champions, right? Oh, and we're going to win the League Cup on the way too. Here we are then, two weeks into the season already. Is it too early to plan the promotion party? I'm not sure. I'm Tim and helping me dredge through everything posh these last two weeks is former four times host of the season. Jared Farmer, greetings, sir. You love that, don't you? Hello, Tim. How are you? Yeah, I had former every available opportunity, but I am well thanking you. I'm also delighted to welcome to the pod for his first team debut, Harry from Up The Posh Spaces. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having me. No worries. I understand we've got you on a loan initially, but I think your agent was quite keen on a permanent deal. So we'll have to see if we can make that happen behind the scenes. And also with me this evening is Sam Edwards. Hello, Timothy. Sam, Sam, Sam. Um... We need to have a chat, I'm afraid, Uh, and this is a a difficult conversation for me to have, and I've debated alongside myself all day how best to approach this subject. Um, We've had a letter in, and it's quite a wordy letter, and it's quite emotive, Um, but it's important that we we cover this because, you know, you've got a right to reply. Um, I'll I'll read this letter, and then then I'll I'll get your reaction if I can. It's quite wordy, but, but bear with me um it's anonymous but i do know this person and can confirm they're not related to the club in any way dear the yellow block panel i write in relation to your recent episode titled the 2023 24 season preview in which your guests analyzed the summer dealings within the club and made predictions for the upcoming campaign i've been a long-time listener of the podcast and generally enjoy the media which you produce it's humorous and well balanced and so it is with a heavy heart i have to write this letter Upon the arrival of Sam Edwards last season, I've become increasingly endeared to his fantastic football knowledge and fluent way in which he makes his points. He is often a middle ground between Jared's unnecessary positivity and Dan's stark pessimism. However, within this episode, he has left me reeling at a certain throwaway comment, and I now no longer feel I can support the podcast while Sam is a member of it. I'm quite sure that you will have received numerous communications regarding this matter and that mine is simply another to add to the big pile. But nevertheless, my compulsion to get in touch has been too great, such is my disdain. We all have a responsibility to speak up when things are wrong, so I feel compelled to add my thoughts. I'm sure it is obvious which abhorrent and outrightly disgusting comment this letter refers to, but for the benefit of editorial, should the podcast wish to be removed, which, as with my legal background, I would advise, it can be found at timestamp 44 minutes and 22 seconds. I do hope that Sam has, upon reflection, looked at his choice of words and will be given the opportunity to apologise for his out of character comment that is damaging to both his and the podcast's reputation. I look forward to his right of reply and subsequent apology, Kind cards, ginger pigeon. That's an anonymous name. Uh, Sam Edwards. Um, do you have anything you'd like to add at this point? I have no idea what I said. I, I mean, we can play the innocent role, I suppose. Let, let's just, you know, I've cut it. So I, I've got the audio here. Um, Any listeners that are easily offended, I would advise just to close your your ears for for 10 seconds or so. Uh, Sam, this is what you've said that has upset the listener base. Uh, Here it is now. I
0: note on his Wikipedia page, he was born in Taunton and grew up in Bridgewater. So he's effectively sponsored by the M5 services. Um, Although Bridgewater, as Dan will know, because he's on holiday in Cornwall, is an absolute shocker of a a service. It's probably my least favourite services in the country.
3: So there we go, Sam. You appear to upset the entire uh, Bridgewater area with that comment uh, by referring to their motorway services as a shocker. Um, do you now regret saying
1: that?
0: Only if I've got the wrong services, but I don't think I have. I had an awful experience. My opinion, I'm entitled to it. You I'm, not all- it. I'm no <laughs> snowflake. I'm not changing it.
3: Do you, do you want to elaborate on this awful experience? Was it a sort of 3 a.m. trip to Bridgewater There's Services? It's no
0: green area. It's like a weird multi-storey car park yeah. in the dark, and you have to drive about five miles to get there, not as many miles as Exeter. But, yeah, just, just not a great place to stop on the M5, really.
3: Fair enough. Uh, let's quickly flip that and try and salvage the reputation slightly best motorway services in the UK. Bit- now, this is opinion-based, but there is a right answer here, I should add.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to next week's letter or, you know, the next episode's letter. My my favourite, it's funny, isn't it? All the all the analysis you do on Posh and all the big things and, you know, you, you get the whole allegedly episode last year, but this is the one that really gets the, gets the people going. Corley, for me on the M6, that's a top services.
3: No, but it's not in the best location. That's the wrong answer, Sam, I'm afraid. Rugby services is the best, purely for the pun above the door as you enter, just yeah. scrum on in. But uh, go on, George, you've got an opinion. Didn't we have a... Yeah, I
4: would say rugby as well. But didn't we have that um, time where, on the group chats, whenever any of us went, we had to put that picture on there, didn't we? <laughs>
3: whenever anyone stopped at rugby services. But then, of course, I moved to rugby, and I now live two minutes away from it. So it would be wrong of me to send a picture every time that uh, I'm there because I drive past it every day on the way to work. But uh, yeah, so there we go. Sam Ginger Pigeon is uh, quite riled. It's fair to say. Um,
0: like I said, it's an it's an emotive subject, and. The lads I normally go to posh away games with, if they're listening, will be furious that I didn't say Blythe on the A1 because we, we do love to stop there on that so it was that season where we seem to be up and down the A1 every single weekend. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to apologise. I'm going to stick to my opinion and boycott Bridgewater for the rest of my life.
3: <laughs> well, by the sounds of it, you won't be welcome there anyway. It sounds like they'll be there with the pitchforks waiting. So Sam Edwards, Sam Edwards versus the people of Bridgewater. Um, we've got that to look forward to. <laughs> coming through the rest of the season we have had some other correspondence too and this is more in keeping with the theme of the pod so we've had a tweet what is it still a tweet I mean Harry you're our sort of up the posh spaces expert now it's what is it called now a post what is it called I know yeah it's gone from being a unique name back to being a post which um yeah I'm sure will work out in the long run for them So it's a post. Okay, fine. So we've had a post from Seb Furman, who says, uh, Decent listen. Enjoyed most of the pod. Now, I'll just cut Seb off there. That's always an encouraging start to any kind of post. Uh, Enjoyed most of the pod. Uh, Really starting to cringe and switch off, however, when negative Nigel Dan speaks. Uh, Kit awful. Team awful. Cheer up, man. Imagine if you had something to actually be negative about. Other than that, some good points and some good discussions, gents. Now, Dan isn't here, so I can't give him the right to reply but I will absolutely pass that feedback on. Um, We do often get accused of being quite negative. Uh, All I would say is in fairness it's been a relatively negative time at the club over the last couple of years which is potentially why. However in sort of BBC spirit we will try to address some balance. So Jared you've been accused by Ginger Pigeon of being unnecessarily positive. Uh, Five reasons uh, as to why we should be positive as posh fans right now. I'm happy to help you count to five
4: unbelievable he's he's at it again sam it's unbelievable um i think you need a bit of positivity don't you if we're all like dan just quickly touching on dan um a friend of mine uh she'd listened to the podcast for the first ever time and she was like that dan guy sounds exactly like harry potter and it's literally all i can hear now when i listen back to one of the uh one of the preview shows he did. I was all looking can hear is like Expelliarmus. It's, it's
3: amazing. You know what it is? My, I I listened to the pod of a My daughter in the car, and she said to be that man as in Dan sounds like Tom Holland. And now I can't unhear that. So he's kind of a mix between a Scouse Tom Holland and Harry Potter. I reckon. But in any case, Jared, five reasons we should be positive right now, just to address the balance that Seb's looking for. Uh, Hector Kipriano. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Kiyoso, I love that
4: man already. What mm-hmm. a player he is. Shame he's on loan. Um, Wre- Wrexham have made a bid for Shimanga. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, I can't get any more than three.
3: Brilliant. Well, there's hopefully said that's addressed a little bit of the balance. not the fact that, you know, we're unbeaten, that we've started well, we're into the next round of the cup, all these things that he could have gone for. Uh, no, he's just gone for a player on loan and the fact that one of our strikers... Is possibly leaving, but that's all good. We'll take that. Uh, Emerald Posh has also been in touch, and he's done a transcript of one of the <laughs> of part of the preseason episodes, uh, which reads like this: uh, "Tim, what did you think of the friendlies? Jared, I have zero interest. Tim, what about you, Dan? Dan. Dot. 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 Tim, what about you, Sam? Sam. What Jared said. Then goes on to say it's really insightful. Thanks. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Emerald friendlies are meaningless, right? Uh, you, you feel free to write in if you want to make a case as to why friendlies." Do have some say? I don't know. Harry, are you a fan of friendlies? Are you did you pay any attention to pre-season? I dip in and out in different seasons. This
5: year, I went to the good Peterborough Sports game, the one that we won with the under twenty ones, and I watched the first sixty minutes of the Birmingham game on Posh Plus. But beyond beyond that, no, I wasn't. I wasn't involved till all for pre-season this
4: year. Tim, in fairness to Emerald Posh, we were previewing the preseason, so he does—he does have a point.
3: Yeah, no, I take his point. He's, he's always bang on, Emerald Posh. Anyway, I, I, he talks a lot of sense, I think. But. Um... Yeah, uh, talking about Posh Plus there, actually, Harry, we've had an email from Jay, and I love this, sort of getting a letter through the post. I love the fact that we got an email. Uh, Jay says, great episode and always been a fan of the pod, but I have to disagree with the criticism of Posh Plus. Most clubs have subscription content for those fans that want a bit more and not everything can be free, especially for a club like ours when we've got big bills to pay. So I'm all for it. But I do completely agree about your frustration towards the commentary change and questioning the reasons for it. If it's not to make money, then what is it? Guess we'll never know. Thank you, boys, and keep up the good work. Uh, Thanks for all the feedback. We have had plenty this week, which has been great. Um, If you do have any comments on this episode or anything you'd like to share, contact us via the website or on the socials. And this is really exciting development. You can now leave us a voice message, which could potentially be played on the show, Just head to speakpipe.com forward slash the yellow block, and you can record a voice note up to 90 seconds, and that can be anything from telling us where we've gone wrong, uh, telling us your opinion, telling us why Sam has got his motorway service rankings wrong, any suggested ideas for the pods, or even just an early vote for host of the season for me. Just head over to speakpipe.com forward slash the yellow block. Really looking forward to getting some of them in. Now let's talk posh, I suppose we should. It's been a relatively quiet few uh, weeks in terms of club news. Even the transfer rumour mill has been turned off recently. So we'll have a look back at what's been happening on the pitch, starting with this weekend's victory over Charlton. Uh, Posh won Charlton nil. Sam, your thoughts on the Charlton game?
0: Well, I mean, decided by that one amazing goal, really. You know, it's, it's another tight win. It's another good defensive performance from us. And... Yeah, I mean Hector Gipriano has clearly got it in his locker, hasn't he, to score a bit of a special goal? Um, was was it Exeter last year, wasn't it? When he when he scored that stunning one from the from the corner and ran it in. So so yeah, it's, it's
5: Forest Green.
0: I was that? Forest yeah, Green, it was was Forest Green. Green yeah, yeah. yeah. Forest Green. Yeah. No, oh, Exeter was the capitulation, wasn't it? Um, similar similar part of the world, yeah. not yeah. as far as the M5 at Bridgewater Forest Green. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a good start. But I think, you know, we we one thing that has been quite consistent with Posh, obviously the championship year aside, is we have started well, um, you know, in League One season. So um still unsure how to feel about about this team and about this squad, and obviously the, the big uncertainty with with potentially the likes of Clark Harris going and Edwards still going and you know, we're not out of the transfer window. So um, but yeah, good two two good, solid performances. Um I know Darren Ferguson, after the game, was saying against teams who he thinks will be up there. I know Charlton are, are, are well-fancied quite widely. Reading I, I wasn't necessarily so much in agreement with that as a comment that they'll, they'll be up there. Um, I mean, they do have a good squad, but it's just how much, obviously, their off-field problems cause them issues. So, um, But but even still, to, to go away to a team like that, that, that have some recognisable names, is is a good result. You can't get around that. Of course it is. So, yeah, good, strong, solid start and nice to see defence and defence hold firm. Um, two games
3: in a row yeah I think I think on paper uh, maybe this is what Fergie's getting at on paper it's two tough opening games and three if you include Barnsley as well Charlton was an interesting one Um, I went on one of their podcasts last week and they were we were talking about the season and they they were quite confident that their expectations are quite high I think they've come into this season yes they've lost a couple of key players in the summer but they still feel as though. Like us, the league is weaker, and so this was a chance for them to kind of benchmark where they were. But I know we're talking about posh, Sam, but Charlton were – they? I didn't see a lot there, especially in the first half. The basics just weren't there. I mean, from you could allegedly say that was the same for both teams, but certainly from Charlton, it kind of felt like they were way off the boil. So I wonder if maybe it wasn't as good as a, a benchmark as perhaps we'd hoped.
1: Yeah, well,
0: you're always going to be disappointed, aren't you, when your team doesn't register a shot on target in a game? You know, you're not you're not going to test the keeper that way. So, you know, well done to Posh for obviously limiting that. But Charlton would have would have wanted more. Um, a shame not to see Lloyd Jones get on the score sheet for Posh again for two <laughs> consecutive games of Posh in a row. Um, he could have been sent off at one point as well. well which, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does love coming to the to, to London Road, doesn't he? So, yeah, you know, they've made some they've made some good signings. Um, and yeah, they they are well fancied, and 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 Dean Holden sort of I think had a bit of a ropey start when he first went in, but did did, did a decent enough job last season, um, and they're one of the the big names, a bit like Pompey, aren't they, who have been down at League One for a little while now, and and you'd always back them because of their sort of more of their history, longer term than how they've been performing in recent years, so. Yeah, it's. It, I, I think they they probably will be up there come the end of the season. Certainly, Charlton fans are, are feeling confident. People outside of Charlton are feeling confident, but but thoroughly disappointing from them um, to be so blunt in attack. And you know whether you want to credit that to Posh or, or lay blame at the, the feet of Charlton or, or a bit of both. You know, it's it's an it's an encouraging result, and and obviously without Mason Clark as well, it makes it an even better result
3: too. Yeah, absolutely, and, and Jared, you, you've mentioned already a couple of players. We've, we've talked Kipriani. You mentioned Kioso. I mean, he was sensational, wasn't he, against Charlton?
4: Yeah, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's up and down constantly, isn't he? He's got energy. He's really, he seems really good at the back as well as going forward. He's dangerous, um, and I like how you know when there's a bad tackle, he's that kind of leader, isn't he? He was in there either pulling away the players or you know getting in the face of the ref a little bit, in not in a. In a bad way, but just showing
3: that passion. And from
4: a lone player, I think that's
3: that's brilliant to see. Um, Harry, one thing we did see in the Charlton game: uh, ten yellows, uh, one for each manager as well, uh, just for a good measure. There seems to have been a a change really around the laws as we come into this new season. So uh, we're trying to keep the ball in play a lot more, and that's why we're seeing this stupidly long extra times that we're, we're seeing. But also, players getting booked for asking for an opposition player to be booked and kicking the ball away, even if it's only making that gesture rather than physically booting the ball into the stand. Um, Any kind of thoughts on these new laws? Are you a fan? Some of it I'm a fan of. Some of it I'm not. Um,
5: I think there's a double punishment in, and this might not have happened in the Charlton game, but it happened today in the Liverpool-Chelsea game where you get a yellow for time-wasting, for not throwing in a throwing quick enough, but then you're also getting the time added on at the end of the game. So, you've solved the problem already by having that additional time counted. So why are you also giving a yellow? It's, it's yeah. like the thing they got rid of with the getting sent off uh, goalkeepers. If they went, go for the ball, it was a double jeopardy thing, right? And they've reintroduced mm-hmm. that. Uh, so I don't think that's a good rule. I think the kicking the ball away, fine. Let's, in, let's introduce it. It will probably reduce the amount of ball gets kicked away. Um, and I think that some, because the bar is being set so low in certain situations, like putting a hand up could be considered a gesture of asking for a yellow when you've been taken down drawing that line is going to become difficult especially when there's a just natural passion in the game that in my opinion does not become even close to dissent uh so some of it good some of it then hopefully will roll back i think
3: what about the extra time side of things because it's going to change how Players and teams have to manage games. So, for example, in the uh, Brentford Spurs game earlier on in the first half, it I mean, there wasn't it was it wasn't a, a slow first half. We ended up with eleven minutes added on. um And as a as a manager, you've got to try and plan for that across because that's nearly quarter of a half that you, you're getting on towards at that point. So you kind of that's going to change how teams manage games surely going forward. And we saw it to an extent in the Charlton game. It was six or seven minutes in that second half, and. You know what it's like when you're one nil up going into extra time. If you've now got seven or eight minutes to try and play out, it's going to change how teams manage games, do you think? Uh, yes,
5: and some of that will be management through reacting to players being more fatigued because uh, Fergie pointed out in one of his pre-match interviews that over a 46-game season, you add up that extra 10 minutes of five in each half compared to where it would be had to play six whole extra games in the entire season. It's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, and we don't have a bigger squad than we had last year, especially for a team like us. I expect that we will have more fatigue based injuries as we go through the season. And so that management piece you talk about, well, frankly, just been managing, you know, the fact that players have muscle based problems. And is that necessarily the right answer? If you want to go down this route and you want to be precise with it, I'm not saying I agree with this proposal, but it'd be more like stop the clock when the ball yeah. goes out.
3: Like we're seeing rugby. Um, and,
5: make the, and make the game shorter, yeah, and make it like rugby. We've Now we're in a bit of a weird halfway house. I'm not necessarily against it. It may end up working because the effect teams might realise it's so detrimental to the players, and the players themselves might realise this in terms of their fatigue, that they may stop wasting time as much, regardless of if they're a goal up, and then the injury time will come back down to what it was before, possibly um it for a year and see what happens i'm not convinced personally
3: yeah it's an interesting theory sam um what's your take on on extra time because it just kind of gives fergie time a whole new meaning
5: yeah and obviously
0: they've increased the number of subs haven't they to, to counteract some of what you were saying there harry in terms of the the injuries and you know that's obviously not calculated as a beautiful mathematical equation it's just have a couple more see how it goes um, I, th- I think I'm broadly in support of it. I thought I thought it was um, it worked quite well at the men's World Cup. It has at the women's World Cup so far. Um, I think at the women's World Cup, it's not for, you know at the men's World Cup that we had like eleven and twelve. Sometimes it feels like we've not got as much as that. So it does feel like it's already come down a bit. And it, I I just hope that's because there is less time wasting going on rather than the referees just not implementing it as much. Because I think you know there are quite there's some good proposals throughout all these changes. But as ever, it comes down to the quality of the referee and enforcing it. Do you remember when they did the one about players having to go off at the nearest um, exit to the pitch? And that was so badly enforced. And, you know, there's one thing that's been consistent over the past couple of years in the Championship and League One. It's the quality of the officiating. So, you know, you can put these things in place, but then you need them to be enforced. So I think as written on paper, the the additional time, I I, I welcome it. I mean, there are obviously clearly some logistical Issues with it if we see plus ten minutes in the first half and plus 12, 13 in the second half because on evening games, for example, you're suddenly finishing games much, much later. That has an impact on fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, though of course, by introducing it, you're giving them more value for their money because they're not spending a third of the game wasted. And there will be times that that you just can't almost cut down on like celebrating a goal. You don't want to take that away. You don't want goal celebrations to just be just be naff and be short. You want them to be passionate. You want them to be long just not obviously overly long so i think you know it might be something that takes a little bit of time to 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 bleed in and maybe by the second half of the season we're seeing it a little bit a little bit better and we might see some more extreme times at the, the first half of this season but yeah i think broadly as they're written down i'm 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 generally in in support of them if they can be enforced and if they can be monitored and evaluated and not just right there in let's let's keep them there so um yeah let's just see how it goes
3: I wonder if it's time. I know we have plenty of officials at games nowadays. I wonder if it's time to introduce a timekeeper role. Um, might give a little bit of uniformity to it and take away from you know that referees' discrepancy, like you, you talked there. So literally, just somebody to have a stopwatch that sole job is to to manage time. I don't know, um, Jared. We did we did see these new rules coming in yesterday. I'll say we had we ended up with plenty of yellows in this game. Um, it seemed to calm down a little bit in the the second half, but certainly by halftime, I was kind of thinking we're bang on for a couple of reds here.
4: Yeah, I mean, a similar opinion to Sam. I think all the rules that have been brought in are for the greater good. But again, they need to be managed well and a a bit of common sense needs to be brought into it as well. Um, I liked it in the World Cup, the Men's World Cup. I thought it worked really well. Um, Again, hopefully, like Harry said, it will will then make the players not mess around as much. Um, I think that's the hope, isn't it? So... Yeah, like I say, I'm all for it. I think it's, I think it's good. Again, we all love football, don't we? And it, what they're trying to do is making sure we get the minutes that we're all paying for. And normally,
3: there's nothing more frustrating than um, time wasting, isn't there? I feel like we talked about this guy a lot, but we've got who again? Ricky J. Jones. So he ran his socks off against Charlton, but. Did he run his socks off effectively, I suppose, would be my question. At what age do we say this guy is... It feels like there's a player there, right? He, he's just... He, it's just his last... his decision-making, his last ball. That crucial moment, he just... He's not quite there. At what point do we go, well, we tried, but he's not going to make it?
4: Certainly not yet, I think. I know I always bang on about it, but there was a, there was a few games in the Championship where I just thought, oh my God, he is going to... To quote... Micah Richards burst onto the scene. And I still think it's in there. It really is. Um, his pace, yes, that is that is a plus. But again, he's close control of the ball um, in and around the box. Sometimes you think, hold up, he's, he's going to go for everyone here. But again, it's that end product. It's lacking hugely. And, you know, that's not just... Because of his age and whatnot, most League One players the consistency in the end product's not there. Else, they wouldn't be playing the trade in League One. So, um, I think it would be silly to give up on him. I don't think he's a striker. I don't think he should ever be played through the middle. I think if you, you you're getting the the paint on his boots on the wing, I think that's where he needs to be. And a run of games, he's never really had that for whatever reason, whether that is poor form or mainly injury. Um, so now it's
3: he's a player that
4: I would I would stick with for. Yeah, for now.
3: I, I, t- I take your point about, um, you know, is it League One for a reason? But, Sammy, he's not improved, has he? I mean, the Ricky J. Jones that we've got now is the same Ricky J. Jones that we had three years ago. can run really fast. I do think we don't necessarily use that to our benefit a lot of the time. We don't play him to his strengths, but there's nothing else been added to his game. I mean if you look I I remember I think we had this
0: conversation at a broadly similar time last season it was definitely early on in the season and we had the conversation about is it time for him to go or should we keep him and I think we all unanimously said yeah let's keep him he he's not had a run of games he's he's always been been stop start with injuries um and it'd be nice to see what he can do with a real season of development, a real season of sort of consistent appearances in the first team, whether that's, you know, off the bench or hopefully peppered with some starts as well. And I mean, his numbers did improve last year, a few goals in the league. He did well in the EFL Trophy. Um, we know previously, really, it's been the FA Cup that he's he's excelled in in in, in terms of goal scoring and impact. Um, so I think. I think that if he wasn't one of our own in the sense having come through the academy, we may have got rid of him by now. But because he's one of ours and I, I agree that there's more loyalty and want and desire to to keep with it and, and see him do well. And I think I think I would have him as part of the team this year. Um you know, another season in League One. Let's you know playing regularly. I think it was nearly thirty appearances in the league last year, more than thirty in total. So more than he's ever done. So he did. He did have what we were saying. We hoped he would have in terms of a, a more of a, um, you know, more of an impact at first team level in terms of minutes played. So let's see if he can build on that again in terms of games played and then goal contributions as well. Um, and and probably have this conversation
3: again in 12 months time yeah more than likely i do wonder if we missed the boat in terms of loaning him out at the the right time for his development it's potentially not too late for that but i feel like he could have done with that loan 12 24 months ago um harry another player that's uh been in the news this week is Tishimanga. manga has been linked with a 500 pound move to wrexham <laughs> despite the fact he only officially signed for us um Month or so ago, at the end of the uh, at the end of the loan, clearly a player short on confidence. Uh, I was a little bit surprised when I saw these these rumours coming around. And of course, there's that kind of added dynamic of we don't know what's happening with JCH. Where, where do you sit on this potential move to Wrexham? Uh,
5: if it is 500k, I would sell him immediately. And there's not an really? disrespect to him. I think that is likely to be close to the top of what we're ever gonna received for him, um, even if he comes good. He's he's probably not a million-pound player, even if he knocks in 20 goals in the season, which I think, it was, I think we all probably suspect is highly unlikely. Um, by all accounts, he was really good before his injury at Chesterfield. And since then, I'm yet to see any performance that suggests he's going to be a top half league one player let, let alone someone who a couple of years down the line we're hoping he's gonna be helping us try and get back to the championship um i hope i'm wrong I, I, hopefully he will come he will come good i don't think so I, I don't think so right now and we should uh if it's on the table and it isn't just a rumor out of nowhere we should we should take 500k i would think
3: sam you've got a great uh you've just sent me across a great idea for a uh, potential sell-on clause could be a first in football
0: yeah, let's take 350k and 10% of all of Ryan Reynolds' future cinema ticket sales. have a feeling that will come in comfortably over 500 <laughs> probably, probably wouldn't sign up to such a big stake as 10%, but yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a great idea. That would be brilliant to, to try and make something like that one happen. Interesting note. Um, so after the Charlton game, it's far too early to be looking at league positions, but we'll take the little wins Well, we've got them. We're fourth. Uh, there's only, I think, four I'll say five, four or five teams with a hundred percent record. I think it might be four. Um, I'll double check. Um, as I just smashed my mic, apologies if that created a bang. RIP headphone users, uh, Barnsley up next to us on Tuesday. We're not going to talk about this one because the pre match episode is out now for this one. You want to be going to around the 12 minute mark of Dan's pod for that one. Um, let's look back to the week before though. Uh, and nil, posh one. But Harry, um, what was your summary of this game? Had everything. It was
5: a game where we could have been 3-0 down in the first 20 minutes and we couldn't get over our own halfway line. And at the same time, there was a period in the second half where we were we were unplayable. We were as good as I've ever seen us. Um, and I think that it was a really good example of of the players digging in, having a lot of character, accepting that they weren't a point yet where they were gelling immediately, Critchlow misplaced a couple of passes out the back early on and they didn't let it phase them. And as I say, they got they got a lot better. There were a couple of breakout moments before the goal. Randall shot one over the uh, bar with his left foot, which is one where we probably only got possession less than 10 seconds earlier. And it was the same with the goal that we ended up scoring. And that was... That counter-attacking uh, attitude was helped massively by Kyoso and Poku, who did that all day, uh, whether we were on the back foot or whether we were um, dominating as we were for a period. Um, And then the last phase of the game was Reading just clearly, at least this is the way I saw it, they felt like they had to win. And when you have that psychological thing at home, your fans expecting a win, you start to walk away from any tactical plan you had and they were just pumping it into Carroll. He did get a couple of shots. We had to block one off the, lo- uh, not off the line, but you know, it was a pretty much a guaranteed goal and Critchlow was in the way. Uh, he headed another the one over the bar, but they looked a bit desperate by the end and I, wa- I wasn't too worried. Um, even when eight minutes of injury time went up, which ended up being 10, uh, it was a good day
3: out. I'm very happy. Do you, do you think one nil was a, a fair result for that one? Uh, to say because
5: without Billa Kapic who has been unbelievable we're, as I say we're 3-0 down in 20 minutes if Norris is in goal right so is it a fair result uh because we have bill Kapic it's kind of hard to it's one of those things with like football isn't it we, we've got him therefore we were good enough and we were deserved it uh and we did deserve it but yeah, as I say on another day we're, we're, we're miles out of it early on
3: yeah it's interesting you say about uh, Bila Kavic can we as a fan base just refer to him as Bilo please i think that would be so much easier for everyone involved and i think that suits him and works so from here on in he'll now be known as Bilo uh and interestingly the club didn't actually put Bilo into their man of the match poll for this one which was a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a whoopsie. Uh, however, don't worry. The yellow block's got your back. We stepped up and put out a man of the match poll for Reddin, uh, and unsurprisingly, Belo won this as a landslide with fifty nine percent of the votes. Uh, Collins and Randall shared the rest of the spoils. Um, so yes, yeah, that was a bit of a a bit of a social misstep, social media misstep, should we say? Not actually putting <laughs> It's clearly the best player on the pitch into the man of the match poll.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if 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 that was just a yeah as you say just a bit of a misstep and thoughtlessness or whether it was something a bit more orchestrated to try and show that that we weren't under the cosh at times but because I think some people were actually saying Edwards was a shout who wasn't included as well in the in the game so you know your goalkeeper and one of your center backs um but no no it's it, it's it's good to see like what Harry says you know and I remember Franny Green always used to talk about this in terms of he used to talk about it with John Stones in particular about how, you know, if he misplaces a pass, part of that Guardiola style of football playing out from the back and, and it doesn't go well, well, he tries it again next time, unfazed by that. So, um, you know, and I think that's what Ronnie Edwards is a lot of the time as well, you know, and he, to be fair, he doesn't make that many mistakes, but, but I remember even earlier on in his career at Posh, he, he, he would, and he would just keep going and keep trying and just stick to that belief. So it's, so it's good to see that. And uh, yeah, as, as Harry said, a bit, a bit of a weird game. Um, but hopefully we've got we've got a keeper who is is going to save us a few points this year. I know Bergstrom did early on and then the whole keeper situation went awry. But hopefully we can we can have him all through the season. And, you know, he stays in form because I think one thing that's very well known, isn't it, at League One level is your keeper does does make a big difference. I mean, look at James Trafford. Um, you know, that know Bolton didn't go up, but it, how much did he sign for for Burney? Was it like 90, 20 million or something? In the end, it's just yeah, you keep it, can make a really big difference at League One level.
3: Yeah, and it's nice that we've actually invested in a goalkeeper with actual human cash for once. It makes a, a huge difference. But I think it will be a, uh, I think it will be a big, um, a big part of our season going going forward. Um, I think the other thing as well, Sam, just kind of sort of t- tying up with what Harry was saying there about. Your players make a mistake that keep going, and, and what you were saying, I think that's going to be really key for us it, because we've got a younger, more inexperienced squad. Is the only way that these players are going to grow and develop, in my opinion, at least, is if they're allowed to make mistakes and they're almost actively encouraged to make mistakes. Because particularly with the attacking flair that we've got, the players like Kiprianu, Poku, etc. You need them to make those mistakes to learn from those experiences. Because yeah, they might get one wrong, but we also know the two or three times that they get it right they deliver a ball that is, you know, is, is top quality. So do you think that we need as a fan base that kind of mentality shift to kind of not berate in teams and just, you know, it's okay to make mistakes because you try and that's the main thing.
0: Yeah, you say as a fan base, I think it's just a football fan thing, isn't it? Because it's so results-driven and one mistake can, can cost you so much and it's so emotive. But um, but yeah, that's where the leadership comes into it and, and what Darren Ferguson needs to instil in his players. And, you know, I remember was it last pre-season when we played so when we got relegated from the championship back in league one we played Pompey we tried to play out from the back that click went viral on social media we got absolutely slaughtered with the high press and it just looked absolutely awful and woeful um and that's obviously where it can go go wrong and look really bad and and can can, can haunt you but you know that's yeah. It's up to it's up to Darren to uh, and his coaches to to believe in the players that they have the talent to be able to play that way if that's the way they want to play and be unapologetic and consistent in doing that even if there, there will be a mistake now and again. So, um, it it just depends what type of manager they are. I'm I remember when uh, Grant McCann got sacked the first time and Steve Evans came in and I was I was sat next to Steve at the end of season due at posh, and. Uh, he was he was telling me about Leo De Silva Lopez, and he was saying about how Grant, you know, basically played him in in positions he wouldn't have played him in, and and had him, uh, you know, messing around with the ball on the edge of the box is, is kind of I think how Steve described it to him. He's like, just get get rid of it, get get it out. Don't mess around on the edge of the box and. You know, that, that just shows you, doesn't it, that someone like Grant McCann would happily have Leo de Silva Lopez taking those risks, believing his ability, whereas Steve Evans and the percentage football he plays would be like, get it out of our box. They can score when it's near our box, just get it out. So it, it comes down to, to the manager having the players they want and, and trusting in them.
3: Yeah, it's interesting, a different take on it. Um, one other thing, uh, Jared, we sort of tying up the two games that Harry talked there about how he wasn't particularly worried seeing out that sort of lengthy injury time. With the, the Charlton game, of course, we got you know six, seven minutes. They brought the keeper up for a corner. It was kind of normally you'd be thinking, ah, we know what happens here as posh fans, but it never really felt like we were gonna concede against Charlton. Did you get that that feeling?
4: Yeah, I mean, you don't have that jittery feeling, do you, at the minute? Um, I think Quitchlow, he doesn't he does make me a little bit nervous on the ball, although he's not really done much wrong, but he just looks like he wants to get rid of it, um, which Steve Evans would have loved. Um he does seem that kind of player, but he's, he's solid. He's very. He looks really, really good. Um, again, mistakes wise, he he looks quite simple within how he wants to play his football. Then you've got Ronnie Edwards, who's a little bit more cultured, isn't he? And again, kiosa I've spoken about him. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's looking good at the back. Um, Billa Capic, uh, whatever you call him, again, Bilo. Like, Bilo. Bilo um, Really, really good. I know how he spoke about him earlier, but he is genuinely impressed me hugely. Um, he looks a hell of a find. Yeah, and he, he's
3: commanding is he, exactly what we needed.
4: Yeah, and again, if you've got that at the back that installs confidence within the back line, doesn't it? So if you've got that again pl- who did we have last season? Um is it Norris? And then even in um, I know we went up with him, but like Paul Jones, and you know, he couldn't he couldn't reach the crossbar, bless him. So it doesn't <laughs> give any confidence, does it? So no, I'm really happy with this keeper.
3: Allegedly couldn't reach the crossbar. Uh just to to wrap up on these ones, Harry. Um JCH, I he mean, cut a relatively frustrated figure against Charlton. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, Because two times, you know, League One Golden Boot winner should be first name on a team sheet. But does it feel like we've kind of outgrown that relationship, do you think? I mean, I'm not,
5: you know, I did the spaces with John and John is massively pro-JCH. And then there's a few other people who come on the spaces who are massively anti-JCH. And I'm somewhere in between. He is clearly able to score a lot and he's done that consistently. I think he's. I think there is a striker out there who, given the kind of players we have, will be able to complement the high press that we're trying to go for with people like Randall and Poku now aggressively pushing in that in that final third as another team gets the ball, as the other team gets the ball, and that's how we scored the Charlton goal, right? And Clark Harris is never going to be that guy to to do that press. I don't think he recovered the ball once against Reading, for example. Not that I'm expecting him to. He's a a poacher in the true sense of the word. You get him the ball at a point where he needs to take the least touches possible to shoot. That is the ideal with him. and That's out of sync with the rest of our team, I think. Uh, With that being said, we ended up keeping him. He'll probably still end up scoring at least 20 and maybe even win the Golden Boot again. That's just who he is. He's, He's a pest at this level and you wouldn't want to come up against him even out of form, right? And the chances are it probably will be against a team in League One. Maybe a championship team will come in. Um, so it's a, hard, it's a hard one. I do actually think we'll end up keeping him, personally. Especially off the back of d comments on his podcast uh, today, where he said that he would reject any kind of half a mil, 600 grand bid from anyone on deadline day. He'd be holding out for a lot more. I don't think we will get a lot more on deadline day, personally.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I think if if Tishy does go off to to Wrexham as well, then you know we're going to need to be doing. Sorry, something. Sorry,
5: yeah, to... you you asked me about that earlier. You asked it in line with the JCH thing. I didn't really answer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If Shamanga goes, who would I rather lose? Five hundred K, Shamanga or JCH? Of course, it's Shamanga, right?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you echoed uh, what Pete Keurig said on um, Posh Across the Pond on the the podcast I listened to the other day, where he pretty much said exactly the same, which is, does JCH now restrict our style going forward and therefore has become more of a not a liability because he'll still score goals, but does he become more of a hindrance because you're kind of forced to play him, but you don't really want to play him and he doesn't really suit the style of play. So it's an interesting one. And we see how that uh, plays out between now and the end of deadline day. A quick break. And then when we come back, we will look back at the Swindon game. Uh, Posh won, Swindon won in the EFL Cup first round. Posh went on to win 4-1 on penalties. Um, we've now been drawn away at Portsmouth in the second round. And that'll be two visits to Fratton Park within a week. I believe, some didn't that happen, was it last year or the year before? I'm sure there was one point where we played Pompey back-to-back. And um, did we end up staying down there at like a training Plymouth. camp? Plymouth. Plymouth, yes, you're right. You're right where you can no longer get to because you can't get past bridgewater
0: oh no i i, I can get past I, I, I it's not like i can't be within a 10 mile radius of <laughs> that service it's not like a magnet like opposite end i just get like, bumped off the m5 um,
3: well you don't know what else the letter said i mean you don't know what they've got planned for all, <laughs> oh, I, sure. all i'm saying is take your holidays north from this point on probably yeah
0: have I been, have i been tagged have
3: i yeah um, <laughs> um but Portsmouth away in the next round i suppose Let's focus on that first are you, you so i mean Are you happy with that tie
0: not really not 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 a great tie is it i mean it's it's where the league cup can be it's just well, it's just such a lottery isn't it but we just, we just seem to get so many awful draws so um yeah it'd be nice to have a run in the league cup wouldn't it it would be it would be good but the worst thing you want to do is sort of expunge a lot of energy get to sort of round 3 and then and then just get knocked out without making any serious money so um that being said you know you don't want to lose you don't want to lose your against a lower elite team um in the first round so uh, drew obviously winning on penalties did that kept the momentum going so you do it from that perspective and if it can tie quite nicely you know posh maybe move the game to the Wednesday um then it's then it's not too much of an impact is it it's um and we can squad rotate and get some minutes into other players. So you can see it as a positive or a negative depending on your your outlook, really. So I'm a bit until you get a big draw or get a bit fur, bit further in the competition. FA Cup, I'm, I'm all for from from round one. I'm a, I'm an old school person in that regard, like the FA Cup. But League Cup could take it or leave it up until a big draw or, or you get a bit further, like round three or something.
3: Yeah, that's a good good summary. It was it was interesting, Harry. It was quite a strong lineup. Were you, were you surprised that Fergie went with the the sort of bigger guns for this one?
5: Uh, yeah, until I heard his interview I was. Yeah, I, I'd have gone for a complete um, change. I'd have maybe not a whole 11, but I'd have changed nine players, personally, given that it's worth almost nothing to the club. And at this stage in the season, you just want to get everyone minutes. With that being said, he went down the other route and said, we want to get as many minutes into the first tier as possible. Um, which is which is fine. No one got injured out of it. So it paid off. Uh, it's always a bit Disconcerting to see, and also predictable in a way to see a team who's able to hold out against Reading struggle against a inferior Swindon. No disrespect to them, but they're not, you know, they're not as good as Reading. Um, but yeah, I was a bit surprised.
3: Yeah, one player that we did see, Jared, in this was uh Randall getting on the score sheet. Um, three starts for him now. I mean, he's, (laughs) I would say he's improved. I've certainly seen more of him this season than what we have, and we talked on the season preview about um. Will this be a season and Archie Collins coming in to back him up? Um, what's your view on Randall so far?
4: Yeah, I think he's done well. Um, I think the club have done quite well in regard to their the social media output of him. Um, again, engaging with a lot of the younger fans and creating him as a bit of a poster boy. But with that become, comes a little bit of pressure, doesn't it? Which isn't ideal for him. But I think so far he looks really tidy on the ball. Um, his involvement in the goal, in Kipriano's goal um, on Saturday, v uh, Charlton was really, really good. Um, and again, going back to the Swindon game, he took his goal excellently. It reminded me a little bit of George Boyd, he did in the in the 18-yard box. But um, no, I've got high hopes for him. Um, I, don't, I think we need to keep the expectations relatively low. Um, but I do think the the Archie Collins thing. I know we spoke about it on the the last podcast, but I do think that would have that would have helped him.
3: Yeah, do you do you echo that, Harry? Are you sort of pleased with what you've seen from Randall?
5: Yeah, I think he's put in um, a couple of seven to seven and a half out of tens, or three of them now, and maybe not quite as good against Charlton, except for one key moment, which again is probably all you need sometimes. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I think was the first game he ever played, if I'm not mistaken. Move it, corrected on this. But I think it was Derby. That game that we won 2-1 in that last minute, he came on. I think he came on. And he attacked space so well. He was part, very much, although he wasn't directly involved in either of the two goals, he did really well. And then in Cardiff, which was, what, four days later, he, rather than running to the corner, missed a chance. They went at the other end. Aiden Flint scored 2-2, beginning of our disastrous season, having looked like we were going to win two out of our first three. And then he got injured for 10 weeks. Before that injury, then, what I'm trying to say is, is that he had some potential straight away in terms of off the ball, good vision. And now we're seeing that all again, which is great. Um, he hasn't dropped a nine out of ten absolute you know, maestro performance yet. Uh, but I think he could. And I hope this form continues.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Sam, the only thing I was disappointed uh, to see from the swinging game is that we didn't get any kind of um, sort of psycho-esque celebrations a la Euro 96 uh, after scoring the uh, the penalties. But it's interesting, Fergie said that they did practice penalties, they're going about things the right way. I mean, it sounds from that, at least, and I know it's only sound bites that he's taken the competition, the competition seriously, and he actually said he was quite pleased with the draw because it's a it's a winnable tie away at Pompey.
0: Right, he Firstly, he's got to say that, hasn't he? <laughs> of course, he has. Um, and and of, you know, of course, of course, they're practice penalties because if they got knocked out and you know hadn't, then then that wouldn't look good. You know, Fer- Fergie's a detail man. He, he he prepares well. He plans well. So that 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 doesn't surprise me. Um, there is a bit of a novelty, isn't there, in Posh being involved in a penalty shootout? So it is enjoyable from that perspective. It's just rubbish when it's in the FA Trophy and it means you get an extra point and it's all gimmicky. So um yeah no good you know good penalties good to good to be in the next round and um yeah fair enough you again you can argue it either way can't you going back to what you said about getting more minutes in other players or or getting more minutes into your first team and getting them gelling together in games that matters
4: Sam just quickly was um your famous Fergie interview was that Portsmouth away (laughs) it was Portsmouth away yeah I thought so I thought so
0: yeah it was it was me and Gabby it was the was it was it two, 2 nil we got we got beaten, I think? But it was a it was a it was just an appalling performance, wasn't it? Where we barely registered a shot on target, barely got out of their half, and we just shrank into our shell. Yeah, it's Paulsmith way it at to the back of the main stand, been waiting there. I think it was post six PM he finally came out. He was irritated, he was grumpy and <laughs> um I asked a question that on another day, you know, what have you just said to your players? Which I think is a legitimate question still, even all this time after an hour and twenty after the final whistle. And he's never liked that as well. Um, on another day, he'd have answered it absolutely fine. But
4: you did get a full apology, though, didn't you?
0: To, yeah. To be fair, he invited me, and it was Rochdale the following um, the following week. And uh, yeah, it was the COVID season, I think, because it was it was when Port- you could only have like two thousand fans, and Portsmouth made it sound like they had a full house. And then it was the yeah the Rochdale game on the the next Saturday, and he he. he Phil, Phil Adam came out and said the gaffer wants to see you, and he invited me straight into his office, and just said I was out of order. I should, I, it was a perfectly fair question, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done it. And I want to apologise. So, absolutely fair play to him. We got on really well ever since then, and we always got on well before. It was just he knew that it was a shit performance, <laughs> and he was going to bark at whoever the first person was that wasn't a club, a club official, and that just that was me, as it often is when. <laughs> In the olden days, when the BBC did the commentary,
3: one story I remember somebody telling me—I can't remember if it was when he was at Posh, but when Steve Evans was a manager somewhere, they were playing Blackpool. I'm sure it was Posh. We were playing Blackpool away, uh, and basically, whenever Steve Evans goes away to seaside towns, he likes to buy the team fish and chips after the game, and we we lost to Blackpool. No, that can't be true. Surely not. And, not not, and not did, Steve Evans. Uh, we did. We lost the Blackburn. Didn't play well, and so his punishment to the team was that they had to sit and watch him uh, and his assistant Rayner eating. Fish and chips on the team bus. I can't remember who told me that, but Sam, oh, you obviously. I was,
0: well, we played Blackpool
3: under Steve Evans. Well, maybe it was a different club, or maybe it was away somewhere else. But somebody Just another told club me that. near
4: the seaside.
3: <laughs> yeah, somebody told me that Sam. I mean, you knew yeah. Steve Evans on that kind of professional level. Is that the sort of thing he would do? <laughs> I don't think anything would surprise me sometimes with <laughs> Steve. But do you know
0: what? Apart from apart from two months where he refused to speak to us and. And I was provided with the transcript of my post-match video on Twitter because, which we only did because we we weren't given right, we weren't given access to interview, highlighted with all the things we said that were contentious. Um, I could have I could have highlighted it in a different color with all the points that were accurate. But apart from those couple of months around Christmas time, I actually really enjoyed working with Steve. He was great to give you good access, good sound bites. He was always very friendly. And 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 to be fair, generally. 90% of the time he was manager, I really, I really enjoyed interviewing him and having that relationship with him. But yeah, I never heard that one, but it it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. He uh, he had some very idiosyncratic ways, didn't he? So <laughs> I do like the idea of them all just sitting on the, on the couch like, <laughs> at five o'clock on a Saturday, watching him and Paul Rayner eat their fish and chips or maybe battered
4: sausage, don't know. And- yeah, uh, Steve, yeah, 100%, Sam, that's a good chat. I was about to say, Steve's a battered sausage guy. He'd have been slobbering all over that.
3: All right, some other news out of the club then. For anyone that did uh, miss this, former Peter B United player Marcus Madison has been jailed for 20 months after a drunken night out in which he assaulted a 60-year-old woman, uh, punched her and then threw cheesy chips at her. Now, this is a, you know, it's it's not humorous ultimately, Jared, but it's uh, such a an uninspiring end to what promised to be such a wonderful career, right?
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when he was at Posh, he... Talent wise, he was a level above, weren't he? Some of the things he was doing on the pitch was unbelievable. But again, we spoke about it on the podcast. You'd always hear um negative things about him off the field, about his personality, his character. Um and I think, you know, we all know I think he's, he's clearly got his got his issues, hasn't he? So it is a shame from that point of view, but um, yeah, you can't defend actions like that. And hopefully this will be a bit of a, a learning curve for him. And when he does come out, he'll he'll Understand um, life
3: a little bit better than you did before. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here, Um, Some more bad news. Well, I suppose it could be Spinner's positive news. Peter Burrows had his operation, so everyone at the Yellow Block wishes him a speedy recovery after his operation last week. It does mean that he'll be out of action for a few weeks, but never fear. Skipman Man is here. Uh, a new mascot has appeared at the uh, at the grounds, <laughs> has been spotted at the Swindon game initially, although I did see him at the Charton game yesterday as well. Uh, Sam, Skipman Man has arrived at the club.
1: Yeah,
0: Skip on his head.
3: Do you know what? His costume, the head of his costume looks like a load of rubbish. Right. <laughs> do you know what? I when he's done with it, I'd quite like it, because
4: it's the only hat that would actually fit my head. I do you know what I can't wear baseball caps. None of them fit. So
3: yeah, when he's done with it, I'm gonna give him a drop him a text. Yeah, fair enough. Harry, have you seen uh, have you spotted Skip Man?
5: Yeah, surely um implemented to inspire fear in the children of, our, of the away fans they must be
3: will <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be getting some sort of trauma every time they see a skip now like,
5: oh my god it's that mascot from Peterborough
3: um, it is yeah, terrifying I
5: mean, it, it, it's it is it is welcoming as hell but there you go it's memorable maybe
3: that's
4: that. the point has the as
3: mattress man gone no, I was just going to say have we still got mattress man that was literally what I was just about to say is mattress man still there at the other end of the scale mattress man
5: welcoming <laughs> soft and you've got Skip Man almost looking like a hammerhead shark who's going to – just don't get too close to him. I don't I know like, if Mattress Man's still there.
3: I feel like at this point we are just promoting fly-tipping, right? So you fly-tip your mattress in a lay-by, Skip comes along, picks it up, there's rabbits in the lay-by. It's just at this point we are just, you know
0: – Man with we, the top we... hat comes and cleans it all up, being the good Samaritan. Of... Yeah. <laughs> there, was a
3: time,
0: there was a time when we had a rabbit, uh, a, a knock-off builder –
3: yeah, two two yeah. of them. Prince build as well. Two to right, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, a mattress, a Mister Posh, and a Mrs. Posh. Can I yeah. add,
4: Sam? You'll probably know. How old is um is Mister Posh?
0: Do you know? I have absolutely no idea, but an absolutely lovely bloke.
4: Yeah, Sound I mean, I've, yeah. I've met him a couple of times, but um, that I remember when I, I met him when I was a kid, and
3: he, I thought he was about ninety four then, so he's he must be. He's doing well to still do it, isn't he? Yeah, if anyone knows how old Mr. Posh is actually, that's a really good trivia question. Uh, if someone could let us know, that would be. Um... He's done
0: it since like the early nineties, so he's at, he's at least thirty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and a little, I mean, I I don't look particularly young for my age, but uh, I reckon he's, he was he's on, the same, on the same table as you, Tim, at school.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, he's, he's age great worse than me. as well as Mick. He's a great singer. Not is just, he? He, can't, he can't just throw sweets to the back of London Road Terrace. He can he can he can belt a tune out as well.
3: Interesting, you can't call him Mick because that ruins the illusion. Um, yeah, he's, a bit, he's, not, he's not a Mick, is he? he sorry, Mick, Mick Mickster, Posh is what I said. Mickster, oh, okay, okay. Now, he's an Arthur or something. We, we can't, we can't know the names of the people inside, you know. If I found out that Mattress Man was actually, you know. Roger Tony or something. I'd be, that would ruin the illusion for me. Well, yeah, Skipman's
4: like, my uncle. <laughs>
3: Skipman's yeah, your uncle. He's yeah, like, I mean, it'd be nonsense, wouldn't it? Right? It's
4: like I'm, t- yeah, like he's telling me Santa's not real. He's, you know, that Skipman's his uncle. He's been he's calling Mr. Posh, Derek, whatever you just called him. He, no, I'm not a fan of this.
0: I hate to tell you guys, but Miss Mi- Miss Posh is called Jess. Don't know if anyone knows that. Ruined it. Up. Former,
4: former Miss Posh. Oh right?
0: yes,
5: true. Credit oh, to nice. the to the surgeons that. Peterborough General, for so doing a hernia
3: on a rabbit, All right?
1: Yeah, exactly that.
3: And forcing a human inside a mattress once a week as well. That feels like a, you know, that feels Jesus, like an I know where that was going there, Tim. <laughs> but yeah, Skip Man has appeared, the latest of uh, many mascots. I, I've, I mean, I've you know, I've done my fair share of away days. I don't think I've ever seen quite so many mascots as we We have should
4: try and get a mascot there. Yeah. Just like a, literally, just a yellow block
3: with legs.
0: It can be a, it, no, it can be a lawyer.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: yeah it
3: could be no yellow block we could if mattress man is out of commission we could just spray paint that yellow um and just walk that around as the yellow block that could be our mascot no i'm all for that judge well volunteered as well you can you're at you know you're there every week anyway so you may as well you may as well be the mascot
4: it's gonna be obvious it's me though isn't it? six foot nine yellow block walking about
3: yeah, that's true. Actually, he's like a giant, giant Lego block walking through the away fans. But and also, you wouldn't be able to throw sweets at the at the fans either; cause you'd have eaten them all. Um, but yeah, Skipman has uh Skip Man has appeared. Sorry, a mic drop moment. I'll just keep you on mute there. Good. Uh, finding Bleo. Now, you may remember at the end of last season, we started a quest to track down Steve Bleasdale. And since then, we've been inundated with messages, messages even, telling us that Bleo now runs his own wedding photography business. Um, now, this sounds like a solid lead, and I promise we will pursue this and update on progress on the next episode. So stay tuned to find out whether or not we've actually reached the Steve Bleasdale. And if he does indeed own a wedding photography business, Nathan's getting married soon, isn't he? Maybe we could. Not a chance. There's not... No,
4: have you seen the, what was it called, um, the thing with Ron Atkinson? There's no way he's now a wedding photographer. You've got to be all calm and tranquil. He's not a wedding photographer.
3: Well, we'll see. Maybe we could try and get him on. Perhaps he could be our uh, our mascot. We, I was um, going to say,
5: hearing his side of that 20 years later, 20 years later, whatever it is, it's quite interesting.
3: Yeah, we'll have to reach out I'm to him. It's hard work, Harry. It's hard work
4: trying to find him.
0: I just want to know if Ron Atkinson's got the lasagna off his off his fist yet? That he just seemed to punch the lasagna at, uh, at Barry's house. Just never seen a man get so much
4: Italian pasta and sauce just covered on his. Covered Why on is his it with posh? You got
3: cheesy chips, lasagna. Let's move on. <laughs> who else is it we were trying to track down? It was a defender that we signed, massive name. Um, oh, here we go. No, who was it? Mr. Predictable. I, I know what you're going to say. No, no, I'm not going to say Big X. No, oh. it was a couple of years ago we signed. Oh, man, what was his name? Set the song. Where's the oh, yeah. song? Did we ever find out he where went? he went? I just wondered if, you know, because he went missing, he just vanished from the club, whether or not perhaps he was skip man. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps.
1: You're right, that his... was
4: that was the only time we've signed a player who, like, you knew from the Premier League. Can you remember? I never forget going to watch a pre season game. And can you remember Frank Quadru? Yeah. He was a player for I think the left back for Birmingham City and uh, he was actually in the posh team and I thought oh my god it was when uh, I think when Gary Johnson was in charge and going back to his era that is the time when Gary Johnson come on board we would just been relegated back to league 1 we thought we going to lose George Boyd and then I think we was away in Spain George Boyd signs a new 3 year contract Gary Johnson at the time was a big name I was genuinely thinking at that point that we would be in the Premier League in 2 to 3 years how wrong i was
3: yeah, couldn't have literally been any more on, could you? Uh, interesting nonetheless. Looks like Finding Bleo might be coming to an end, though, but don't worry, we've got you back. We have got some exciting new features that are going to be launched over the next couple of episodes. And one that the producer knows absolutely nothing about that I'm going to launch right now, which is called I Like Trains. And this is where we get current or former posh players to tell us, uh, to do their best impression of a train. Now, to help me pilot this episode, uh, this uh, this feature, which will absolutely stay whether anyone likes it or not. I've got Dan to uh, do his best impression of a train. So I messaged Dan and just said, can you send me your best impression of a train? So here's Dan Topnot weldon Thanks, Dan. That's Dan uh, with I Like Trains. We'll see who we can uh, get on for next What week. in the posh plus is this content? <laughs> No, we can't call, this is the yellow block multiplied. Um, It's uh, It's nonsense. (laughs) No, it is. I'm just trying to fill time. However, um, final point I did just want to talk to you all about, because we did miss this out of the preview episode, but that's because we kind of had bigger fish to fry. We need to just quickly talk about Fergie because obviously during the summer he has signed that permanent deal, and we've not actually talked about that since it happened. So, Harry, if I throw this to you, first of all, Where do you stand on Fergie being back? I mean, it's hard because we've just won three on the bounce, but where do you stand on Fergie? I I said quite a few things on the
5: multiple spaces that we did when it happened and towards the end of last season. that Basically, I've never seen Fergie as anyone but a go-for-promotion manager. And if you're not doing that, he fails. And he's someone who will take a team who's the... Sixth best in the league to fourth, take the fourth best team in the league to second. In that situation, you want him. And if you're the 14th best team in the league, you're likely to be in a relegation battle with him. It's just the style of football he plays. I want him to walk back from that, I think, because this a top six team. No. And are we going for promotion? No, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, he's doing quite well to start. And maybe he could guide a team to mid-table for one of the first times in his in his career I know he has done it before um
3: it was never it. never intentional was it before it was yeah before,
5: yeah I mean. exactly exactly in fact he didn't if we finished sixth when we came down that after the palace season after the after two seasons of the championship we finished sixth didn't we and then the season after he didn't make it to the end of that year did he but we were 13th or something when he left right so maybe he hasn't ever finished someone can tell me we, you know I'm sure any of the comments will come through. Has he ever actually finished the season mid-table with any team? Um, sorry, except for, of course, that's 18th in the championship that one year. Apart from that. Yeah. Um,
3: I'd call that a mid-table
5: there. I've obviously... I think, I think I'll end up being wrong from what I said previously, which is that, no, I wouldn't want him on a three-year deal. And now I'm sat here thinking, maybe we should. Maybe, maybe he is the man to guide us through a transition period.
3: Yeah, Sam, you'll know if he's ever finished mid-table.
5: Well, uh, The only
0: season I was thinking of was, um, because to be fair, finishing 18th in the Championship, I think, falls into a different bracket if we're sort of putting the Championship in a different bag to League One, which I think is only fair to do because of the golf and quality in the leagues. But obviously, he, t- he took Doncaster on that mesmerising fall down and relegated, got them up again. Did he complete a season then with them and get them mid-table, or did he fall out after promotion because... They wouldn't back him. I, I can't remember. That was the only season I was thinking of. But I think one one thing I have wondered with Darren now coming back and signing this longer deal was not actually to do with the on the field stuff. We know he's a good manager and he'll do, posh, do a good job with Posh generally. Um, is 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 the comfort factor, which I've spoken about before, just as a, you know, we feel comfortable with him, he knows the club, the club knows him. And actually, with everything that's going on off the field at the moment, and as more and more information comes through, I wonder if it, you know, he's the only person that's held down the managerial job at Posh for a significant length of time. And I wonder if it's almost like, let's put down in the hot seat, we kind of don't have to worry about that while we're focusing on all of this. Whereas if someone else was in the hot seat, there would be, you know, maybe a sacking after a year or, you know, if it was a new relationship between Dara and the, and the manager, whereas, you know, Dara and Darren they know each other, they get each other. And it's kind of one thing with everything else going on that Posh don't have to worry about.
4: Do you not think that that's exactly why they've got him on board for that transitional period? And like you say, it's, it's exactly that. It's a safe pair of hands. Uh, and I think that's that's the reason I'm for it. Um, I think we all had that same feeling and a little bit of embarrassment when he got announced. Yeah. Um, just because of the way it looked to everyone else. Um but no for me he is he's the right man to and I think we will have a tough two or three years, I really do, if not longer, until all this nonsense behind the scenes gets sorted out. But yeah, for me, he's he's the ideal man to lead us forward.
3: Sam, do you think the, the way that we started this season will change many people's opinions on whether he's the right person?
0: I mean it's... Three three games isn't enough, is it? Really? If it, if it does, then you're going to be the fan that's always just up and down. So yeah, no, we need more, we need more evidence. But I, I, yeah, I th- I think it's on the one hand it's underwhelming, isn't it? Because we've been here so many times before. But on on the other hand, if it was another team in our position, you'd think oh, that's a that's a good appointment and a good move. But you know. What what Harry said was, was was quite wise in terms of his record, and now he gets that little bit more out of a really good team, and maybe not not enough out of a team that, that doesn't hold the quality that, that he's used to. So, um, but I think Harry's about to come in on something far more analytical and uh, <laughs> and in depth than what I was about to say.
5: All all I was going to say was kind of riffing slightly off what Jared said is just um, I think that the one concern I. I still hold on to, which I said at the time, is this is Fergie 4 and every when this stint with Fergie ends, whether that is a year from now or three years from now or five years from now, any manager thinking of coming into Peterborough United, if d still here, which we may as well assume that he will be, will be worried about Fergie 5. And that <laughs> will be something that we, we'd now just make our bed with because... They will always think that if I have even a five-game or six-game bad run, I'm going to get replaced by um, Darren Ferguson again pretty quickly. So why why bother taking on the Peterborough hot seat? Um, and so that that spectre is going to be there now. We, we are stuck with that. That's the downside that I don't think we're going to lose until DMAC leaves.
0: Quiz question in 20 years' time. What were there more of? films of star wars or managerial reigns of darren ferguson at Peterborough united
3: yeah it could be a challenging one although interestingly the sort of bad start that grant mccann's made up the road in uh, in doncaster he could be out of a job sooner than we would plan because you know we need him to stay in a job until we sack fergie don't we because that's the way that it it works at posh but uh, yeah yeah uh, it's interesting um it's still early enough in the season, Harry. Just finally, if I could get your prediction for where we're going to finish, just so we can hold this against you in court when it doesn't come to fruition. Yeah,
5: I said 14th two months ago. I said 14th a month ago. I said 14th a week ago. We're finishing 14th, sir. And I say that optimistically.
3: Even after three wins on the bounce, we'll be on penalties in one.
5: Yeah, I think Ronnie will go on deadline day and we won't replace. Uh, Whoever we replace, we will just not be as good as Ronnie Edwards is, um, and we have a fairly thin squad outside the first eleven. We will get injuries, and we will finish fourteen. There you go. Hold
4: it, Do hold I, it against me in court. I think that's um, that's the point I wanted to make earlier, Tim. Um, it's hard. I think you said it earlier that it, it's, it's difficult to, to to predict because, like you say, Ronnie Edwards is still for sale. Clark Harris is still for sale. If those two go, it's it's looking different, isn't it? But Again, I know we spoke about it earlier, but with JCH, I really do think if we had a player who was, you know, like more like Mikhail Smith was or Jack Marriott, that kind, from that kind of, that kind of ilk, I think it would, we'd be a lot more productive in there in the final third of the pitch. Um, don't get me wrong Clark Harris yes he does guarantee your goals and he he does match a certain style of play but there's often times where you see the ball played into him and he, he's nowhere near it so it would be interesting to see what we did and what style of strike we brought in should we sell JCH. Yeah,
3: Everyone's talking about JCH and Ronnie Edwards leaving but there's another player that's being linked with a few away and is on the transfer list who I don't think we can afford to lose and that's Josh Knight um, a player that absolutely particularly with the Finn squad we've got you absolutely need josh knight in this team uh just because of his versatility more than anything Sam, so you had a slightly shocked look on your face then um is josh knight would he not be on your radar or were you just getting bored
0: uh, yeah i just need a wee uh, no <laughs> <laughs> no i was i was uh, if it was shocked then i know no, that wasn't intentional i was wondering who you were going to say there but no i agree
3: no oh, good perfect any other business anyone would like to throw in before sam can go and use the bathroom too late! <laughs> oh my
5: god! I was just going to say thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this first time on for me. Um, it's been a pleasure.
3: No worries. How are you, morning? Welcome. Um, definitely get your your back on again. I think you make some really good, uh, well constructed points. Which is more we can say about Jared. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and to those who have written to us over these last couple of weeks. Um, we'll be back with a new episode later on in the week to preview the Northampton game. Ooh uh follow us on socials or visit our website www.yellowblock.co.uk and also please don't forget speakpipe.com forward slash the yellow block you can easily just record a little voice clip on there send it across to us and we'll try and get some of those on the next episode i'm really looking forward to hearing what we get through on there um yeah follow us on the socials like us all that usual jazz and the fash